Peter Thomas Fornital here. We at In The Money Media are so happy to be partnering with Maggie Wolfendale on this new podcast series. On these shows, Maggie is telling the story of the horses through the voices of the people who love them and whose lives have been changed by them. Best of all, they're being produced to benefit our friends at the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, whose mission of saving lives, both human and equine, is so important to Maggie and so important to us at the network. To make a gift to support this show and the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation, go to trfinc.org slash offtrack. That's trfinc.org slash offtrack. The next voice you hear will be Maggie Wolfendale. Chestnut Gelding, full January 23rd, 2013, in Kentucky. By Pleasantly Perfect, at a Melody Spirit, by Scat Daddy. 43 starts, 15 firsts, 13 seconds, 5 thirds. Earnings, $4,502,350. A multiple graded stakes winner, including three-time winner of the Grade 3 Count Fleet, the Grade 1 Forgo, and the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Jockey Club name, Whitmore. This is his story, on and off track, told by Laura Moquette. fitting that I'm joined by my next guest, Laura Moquette, at Moquette Stables here in Oaklawn, uh, at Oaklawn in Hot Springs. And Laura, thank you so much to to join me today and for talking about Whitmore. Well, I love talking about him, so thank you for having me. I think everybody's going <laughs> to love to listen too. But first, I want to start from the beginning and not his beginning per se, but Ooh. your beginning. How did your life with horses begin? Uh, we always had them when I was a kid. Um... The first, actually, my mother has a film of my first day of school. I was the baby of the family of four, and she's filming her youngest child running from the bus uh-huh. back to probably what she wanted to be her arms. And I detoured to the Shetland pony and threw my <laughs> arms around his neck, and I feel like she kind of went, "Oh, this like is the knew, rest of our." She life. knew at that point, yeah, it was over. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So, um. You obviously showed, you've, have you done like every facet of the equestrian world, basically? I mean, when I was a kid, it was all Western. I'm from okay. Iowa, and mm-hmm. or the section of Iowa I'm from is all rodeo events and Western type style events. And we really just did like the fun days, you know, barrels, poles, flags, all that stuff. Like on the weekend, a little fun show. Um, I would just play around with rodeo stuff. I had, you know, barrel horse and whatever, but 4-H, we did all that kind of stuff. It was nothing formal at all. And then I helped a guy when I was 15 just ride horses for him, Mm -hmm. normal horses, for seven bucks an hour. Do you know how long it takes to make money when you're sitting, you're paid for sitting on the horse per hour? I was... (laughs) 
I wrote a lot of hours. Yeah. <laughs> and Are I you thought bow-legged? it was I mean, <laughs> no. I thought it was a great deal too. I'm like, this is the best. I get seven dollars an hour for writing. And then when um, a man came down his driveway, I don't know how he found his driveway. It wasn't really a facility or mm-hmm. place that was advertised. Um, this older gentleman drove down the driveway and asked him, because his son and me were both younger, uh, if he knew anyone that would want to ride racehorses. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, who this wouldn't? Is, this is in Iowa? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. On like, off of like two gravel roads and like a state road. So I don't know how, and you can't see the arena from the road. I don't know how he got there. And um, he had horses over by Attica Park, which is in South Sioux City. I'm from Sioux City. And um, they kind of negotiated something and his son I'm like, yeah, because he's a dude, right? I'm like, of course, they're going to take the dude. So his son went off to go try to ride the racehorses, and he was very detail-oriented, very show, like, reining, and very intricate. Not the, like, guided chaos that, like, racehorses are. Hated it. So then they settled for me, and I'm like, heck yeah, I'll show up. (laughs) The first day, we were in a little field with, like, metal fence posts and, like, barbed wire and like a, a manure spreader and I'm like I've never been in flat tack I'm like I rode bareback and western saddle so I'm like I not sure you know I'd seen the derby on the tv so how short do you want my stirrups he said whatever's comfortable well I'd seen the derby right I jacked my stirrups up to like eight inches long and I'm like back if you've ever tried to canter a circle with eight inch long stirrups, it's really hard. It's Going, really hard. That's why the turns are so smooth on racetracks. <laughs> I was like burning my legs. So I didn't know about half chaps. Didn't even know they existed. Burned my legs to blood. And I'm like, yep, see you tomorrow. And I just kept coming back. And then we graduated from like the Black Stallion movie. That's kind of what it seemed like. It was weird. I always really loved that movie. So I'm like, of course this is normal. Yeah. yeah. Totally makes sense. <laughs> So we graduated from there, the little tiny field that we didn't die in, to a big field down the road, which was next to a truck washout, and they irrigated their truck washout into his field, which is handy unless you're putting all the shavings down to make a little fake track in this field, and they get slippery from the water, and the weeds were, you know, almost wither high, so if you blew the turn trying to find your track back, which was four feet wide, was a little tricky. This is amazing. But we made it. Wow. And I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. No helmet, just out there rolling around because I didn't know, I had never rode with a helmet. Oh, the fact that I didn't die is absolute miracle. I am really pleased you didn't die so you could be here right now. <laughs> yes. so, so you go from, I mean, that's kind of what they, like, Bush League track, Bush yeah. League kind of, you know, racehorse. How did you get to to here, to Kentucky? So I was in high school then, Mm -hmm. and um, Atticad Park would start the races for like, I think they might have had races for maybe a month or two weeks. And so I would travel over there, which was two miles from his place, and we did that. And I just thought, hmm. And mom says, you got to do something. You're either going to college or you're figuring out what you want to do. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll go to... My sister Andrea lived in Maumel. She's a nurse, which is just north of Hot Springs, or east, sorry. And I thought, I could go to massage therapy school, because I was really into horse therapy. I, In theory, I'd never really studied it, because there was no Google at the time. So 
My thought was go to human massage therapy, then go to the equine therapy program, and I could gallop at Hot Springs while I went to school in Hot Springs to like pay for massage therapy. Great idea. Except that I totally fell in love with riding and the racetrack family type intricate thing that you can't explain if you're not in it. And I had, when I graduated from massage therapy school, I got a job for three days working on humans. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to just stick with horses because I'm not really a human type feely person. <laughs> therapist. Yeah, I would much rather work on a, yeah. a horse. <laughs> wow. So so this was kind of like the first track mm-hmm. here at Oakland that you, yep. you came to. And how did you and Ron meet? Here. Just that on same, the backside. Yeah, that same year. Was yep. he training at, on his own at that point? No, we both assistant? worked for Bernie Flint. Got it. So, All right. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. So how long have you guys been together? I mean, we met, oh, geez, that year must have been like 97. Mm-hmm. But we just knew each other for years. Yeah. And then I, I guess I don't even know how long we were together before we got married. Yeah. But I knew him since 97. So I probably would have married him on day two in 97, which is retarded. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. You can give him way too much power. Oh, no. <laughs> we can edit that. He's like, oh, that's exactly what I needed to know. <laughs> so let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, going back to when did Whitmore come in the barn? Was that 2013 as a two-year-old? I think it was 13. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what were your first impressions of him as a baby? Oh, he was so bad. And he was adorable, a little chunky guy. <laughs> yeah. But he would trap people in stalls. I mean, with his hind end. You'd be stuck in the corner. Uh, and even as a three-year-old, he still trapped. One, um, one of my friends, Hannah, that started working here, uh, went in to give him U7 mm-hmm. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she didn't know him. I didn't even think about it yeah. to tell her we're already on horses out for the first set and she is trapped in the back of the corner. And these, this barn has like a cement ceiling. Like you can't really hear if somebody's calling for help. It's not like an open stall barn. And if she moved left, he would kick like next to her head on that vice versa on both sides. So she drops to the ground, calls her mother on the phone and is like, Mom, I think I'm going to die. No one's here to help. And he's got me in the corner. And she ended up like army crawling out of the stall. And I think he probably was just laughing and let her do it. And oh. then I was like, oh, God, I almost murdered you. And I forgot to even like, because I just do, knew him at that point for so long. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's he's easy if you're not there for your first day. So he was like, the intimidation factor that he wanted to play on her was like, I got you, new girl. I'll just put you in the corner for a while. So what did you have to do to, to not have that happen with him? Well, we just had to... I had to show every new person how to make sure he knew that he, one, couldn't intimidate you, which is really hard to, like, hang in wow. there when he says to move. And then show them how to, like, communicate to have him move his hind end away from you. Yeah. And then he's really good at that. He could pick up on it quick. But uh-huh. just like the natural horsemanship, like, yeah. you should face me all the time idea. Right. Because he doesn't bite, <laughs> but boy, he'll kick that, it. That hind end, yeah. we've all seen it in and, action. <laughs> yeah, nobody dies from a bite, but a kick, for sure. Yes. So Fatal. Turn around, said. turn around, guy. <laughs> so talk about him on the racetrack. What was he like to ride? From the beginning to throughout his career. I mean, 
when did you geld him as a two year old? As a two year old, yeah, that's right. I called Ron. So his yeah, his first day that we saw him on the track, we were like, uh, we couldn't get him around the track in company. And if the outrider dropped in behind him, and it was really violent, you know, he'd slide to a stop, then he'd rear wheel, kick out at your leg. Like, it basically, it seemed like he knew if he did really violent stuff, and he's really athletic, obviously, so it's very easy for him to shake you loose and all that. But you basically have to hang on, and you can't continue to ask him to go forward. So he's like, oh, if I don't want him to, you know, squeeze me, like smooch your reins at him, tap him with his, any of that stuff would make him immediately start doing these acrobatic stunts because then you can't do anything, which is what is how you train him, right? Is like, oh, that's the answer we want is we're not going to continue asking because that's what we want you to do. And he knew how to get to that point. So we were like, oh, we got to go all the way back to zero and like basically time to the pony and took him in the shoot for, I bet he was in the shoot for 60 days, just going from a halt to a walk back to a halt, to a trot, to a walk, to a trot. And then finally we could like canter a little because if he got violent and he was with the pony, I knew we weren't going to like run into somebody right. and I could just keep asking him to go forward. And even if it's a light tap, he's so sensitive. Wow. You don't have to hit him. If you hit him, it's going to just make him mad, but you do have to keep tapping until he takes a step forward. And once he did that, cause he had like 60 things, you know, tapping might mean, Oh, I got to, if I tapped on his body and he stood up and I didn't keep tapping, he would think, oh, that means stand up. Or at least that makes it go away. Right. And Or back up or wheel or jump or do sideways bouncing around things that are crazy. So you just had to keep going until one step forward. And then he, he was like, okay, so that made it go away. And then the next day it was like 59 things before he took one step forward. Then 58, then 50, then... Pretty soon, it was, you squeezed with your calf, and he was like, okay, I'm going to lift my head up, look at her, and wait, and then you just would keep your leg, don't add more, because that'll piss him off, because it changed, right? Yeah. And then you just had to still make it through, like, three or four things, and then walk forward. Yep, that's it, buddy. What but would you do in that time. moment? Would you reward him? Then or you just, relax your leg. You just relax. Yeah. Is that just because he is so intelligent or? I think so. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think he w is a very, very intelligent creature yeah. and loves to be the top, like mastermind of everything. Right. And manipulate everything around him. And so it was really easy for him to like connect dots to get what he wanted without learning what the human wanted. Right. He just would make whatever go away. And usually it was like someone probably falling off. I don't know. What? Did I don't he ever know what. Get it, you? No, not yet. Oh wait, well, I take it I, back. Oh, he did during the RRP training. He bucked me off so from a standstill in a Western saddle. That's why I'm like, that's why I don't ride Western. It See, I don't like. Western you're in the either. freaking launch zone, right? <laughs> so no. I was trying to teach him to open and close a gate. Mm -hmm. He can side pass. He's done it three times already. Of course, I'm like, oh, let's do it one more time. Like the dumbest thing in the world. But I'm like, let's just do it one more time. And he's like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, now you have, now we're in it, right? Yeah, I'm like, you yeah. have to move to your left because I have to go get the gate. And he's like, I probably can't say what he was saying because yeah. there were like a lot of words coming at me, none of them <laughs> nice. And and I just kept my leg there, like we're waiting this out. You're gonna do it. And if you know, of course, he gets all tense in his back mm -hmm. and then just punches me off of his back onto his neck. So I like theoretically. I, would, I didn't fall completely yeah. off. I like yeah. grabbed a hold of his neck and then monkeyed it down to my feet. 
But never got you off on the racetrack. No, because I knew we were you knew. screwed if we did. Yeah. And I was I had to ride really defensively, which is not helping him learn how to go forward. But you still had to be on your toes. toes. And we then he graduated and like went, went with company. And we do these baby drills where um, we call it the Indian run. Like they're all in a line, maybe like a four or five. And the guy in the back passes, and then mm-hmm. the guy in the back goes the other side. And he loves games like that because. You know, his Keeps brain loves stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, and he, he loved, I think that may be part of the run horses down thing. I don't really know. But once he got into that mood, it was great. But even like during the derby, he went, not a workmate for breezing, right? Workmate every day because <laughs> he had to have company every day. To follow or side? Just, he could, either side. way. Yeah. We mostly went next to each other, yeah. so it wasn't so obvious. Too funny. <laughs> we were like, no, he's totally normal. Well, take us back. We'll fast forward through his career a little bit on the racetrack, but to the ultimate win, which was the Breeders' Cup. Oh, Spring that was amazing! That was insane. I just—I mean, it was such a unique year for so many reasons with COVID, mm-hmm. and you know, it wasn't the normal Breeders' Cup that we get to see, but right. still in the most idyllic setting of yeah, Keeneland and kind stunning. of home, your mm-hmm. second home, if you will. Yep. Just take us through that day. Oh, I remember watching it you. Was and you're, you're it was incredible. Your smile never I, went away. It was incredible. It really started that morning. Yeah. It was, um, like just cool. You know, it was a perfect weather, mm-hmm. and you're just getting horses ready in the morning. Took him for a walk. I mean, I think I wore like yoga pants and and tennis shoes, like basically pajamas. I'm like showing up, just walking him like he's an old pony. Because <laughs> at that time it was old hat, and he yeah. was really decent to be around. Right. He was a good boy, and. Then we, you know, you have like a hundred hours, it feels like to wait because it's just like the buildup and the stress and the whatever. But that day it was just totally relaxed. He was quiet in his stall. Um, I don't know. It was, it was kind of surreal because he doesn't always stay quiet in his stall and he was totally happy to do everything. And um, I don't know. It was just easy. Everything was easy. We got him already, walked all the way over there, totally normal didn't have any issues because it's kind of a long walk and crossing the road and all the stuff and he just did it like he knew it was going to happen so cool and we were such large odds too you know he had that was like one of his worst years was that his fourth try in mm-hmm. yeah. yeah fourth try is the term so yeah that's what we kept saying <laughs> he'd have a third and a second in it but right. this is the time you want but i mean just the longevity mm-hmm. to be able to do that mm-hmm. in for four years yeah. of trying the Breeders' Cup at yep. that level yeah. is insane. It really is. It, no other horse, I mean, in recent memory, has been able to do that. I think. I mean, Goldakova came yeah, back yeah, and yeah. won it three years. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? That kind yeah, of thing. There's but, a few, but. But he just. To kept, keep trying. Yeah. yeah. And but, he really had a full schedule all year. Right. All those years. His security guard that day, she, you know, of course, they're all trying to. Just get to know you and ask about your horse. And um, I told her, like, well, you know, we're here. We're running. Um, I think he'll run well. He's happy. He's been doing great. But, you know, it's kind of been, like, one of his least productive years. You know, he's older now. Like, we're not sure how we'll show up and whether he'll try. You know, whether he'll win, but we know he'll try hard. And we came back after the race, and she goes, looks like it was a pretty good year after all. (laughs) I was like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So, it was the best year ever. <laughs> so, I mean, in a not-so-great afternoon up at Saratoga, mm-hmm. 
came up with a with a just a slight injury. Yeah. What, what was that? He pulled two little pieces of the top of his uh, sesamoid. Got it. So like just that bit of suspensory pulled yep. like a little. It, it didn't. I mean, it obviously it broke the sesamoid, but it wasn't a fracture through the sesamoid. It was just two pieces off the top. Surgery. So he went in and took those two out. The little the little bits. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you gave him the, all the time that he needed, mm-hmm. and was it? All, were you going to retire him at the end of that year? Yeah. 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 Um, so just a little bit. I earlier. mean, unless he would have won the Breeders' Cup again, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have changed their minds. <laughs> oh, fair but enough. Yeah, I yeah, I would assume so. It's yeah. hard with the gelding because you never know when. Wait, when when to... they're doing really well, like, do you quit? I don't know because he's not a guy that wants to go. Although he's changed my mind about that he's just been taking the winter off out of the farm like loving it and I always said I doubt he'll be able to do that because he always wants a job and his mind's always working but he's proven me wrong right now on that part so well, I don't know is he, I mean I wonder if he's just like making his own game with his little pony friend he might be field. because they did text me the other day and said he's getting really possessive of Casanova and so now the the Casanova's mom wants to move him out of the field and I said well is he being mean to him yeah. And she said, no, no, not at all. He's not hurting him at all. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, I think he might be being mean to the mom of Casanova. Like, no, you can't have my pony. He can't leave this paddock. And I'm like, crap, he's taking it out on humans again. It's not good. No! (laughs) So he's going to lose his privileges, and I don't know what to do. Maybe the baby mule will have to go back to Kentucky. There you go. There you go. Baby mule that's in your backyard. Yes, yes. It's great. Honey bunny. Menagerie. Honey bunny. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the menagerie of the Moquettes. Um, let's go to the RRP. I, well done to you. It was because that's a that's a pretty big commitment. I mean, well done to everybody who, who shows up. Yeah. And, and I know that everybody that I've talked to that has done it says it's the most wonderful experience because everybody's so supportive. Yes, it's a competition, but it's like a family. It is, um, it is a totally different dynamic on, it's not the backside, but like in the show barn area than normal horse shows. I mean, I know girls that are in the same barns that won't ride in the same divisions because they're so competitive with each other. So this is completely different. I mean, our, our all of our row had, uh, I think there was four or five stake horses in our row, and we just all had the best time. And if they could just, like, if you could get on them and take a walk around with all that going on and the horse was safe and acting decent, he felt like it was a win. Yeah. So, like be wide open and have there's so much going on out mm-hmm. there at the time because they'll they'll be doing you know fox hunting and cross country and they can see up on that hill from where their stalls are and so when you walk them out of the stall it's not like a quiet arena that's got you know maybe some trailers in the back that you can get warmed up and everything I mean there's a lot going on and they really for the most part I think there was like two incidents one girl um, I think broke her arm maybe fell off and yeah. but it was all like Isolated. Yeah, it's yeah. isolated incidences, and that happens at every horse show, I'm sure. Yes. There's always something going on. Yes. So if well, we only had two, I feel like that was Yeah, a win! Yeah. There are like hundreds of horses yes. being there. Yeah. Um, so I know that when you started him back in his retraining, you, mm-hmm. you turned to a lot of the natural horsemanship that you used in the beginning yeah. of his, his He already knew the words. Yeah. <laughs> it was like cheating. It was yeah. like cheating, yeah. But... The decision to, and I, you spoke about it with your background, you know, growing up in Iowa and doing games mm-hmm. and, and you know, riding Western and everything like that, but the decision to enter him in, in competitive trail, what, what kind of made you go that road? Well, he, while he was recovering for his 
sesamoid mm-hmm. surgery, chipped his ankle out in the field during his layoff. What? Exactly. Come on, man. I know. That's what I said. I was like, for real? You didn't do this your whole life? Come on. Are you kidding? Oh, God. So we sent the pictures in. Bramlage, Dr. Bramwich said, like, it's fine. It's far away from the parent bone. It'll be fine. But at the same time, I'm like, it probably all needs to quiet down. And he doesn't need to be doing a lot of physical things right now. So let's do mental things. And trail is way more mental than I ever would have thought of it would be. It like I was like, I wouldn't step on that, but can you do it? He's like, oh, well, all right. But, <laughs> I'm but, sure, because as you said, he's he's kind of a mentalist. Yeah. Where yeah. the more weird stuff he's throwing, uh-huh. the more he's like, ooh, let me try to figure this out. Yeah, when we were at Belmont in the yeah. jog barn, yeah. he would like drag me to the, there was like a mechanical bike. I was out there just grazing him. There's like a mechanical bike over by one of the walls. I think that's our barn. It is, on the yeah. Yeah. Outside. Yes. Yes. I know. It's all rusted. He and would weird. drag me over there every day. Like I want to look at this, and I'm like, God, stay away. You're supposed to run tomorrow. There's, um, you know where the round pen <laughs> a rusty is. Bike. He would try to like wedge himself in between the wall and like the edge of the round pen, just like narrows into a no space at all. No space. He thought that was cool. The there's a grill. Oh, yeah. You want to do a check yeah. the grill out every day? I'm just like okay. This is odd. At Saratoga, where our barn is, mm-hmm. there's a huge ramp that goes up into the dumpster. Yeah. He's, like, trying to put feet on it every day that we go out to graze. Really? And looked over the back fence, and we'll, like, the tree that's th- that grows there, there's mm-hmm. probably a foot and a half of, like, giant roots. It's yeah. not, like, a smooth area right. up to a fence. Knobbly. But he wants yeah. to see over the fence, so he would just, like, wobble up onto the roots and, like, look out into the parking area, because there was a bunch of people tailgating. Yeah. Thought that was great, and I'm like... Hmm. All right. He's probably good at trail. If he's doing this on his own, right. I think he's going to be digging it. Oh. I didn't realize what trail entailed till very late in the game. I thought it was like 4-H trail. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah. we'll do a gate. We'll drag stuff. We, I can put a tarp all over him. He yeah. loves it. We'll be fine. He can canter over poles. What does it entail for, oh for people God. who don't know? It's like horse torture. <laughs> it's totally horse torture. There is... There is a, like, to school, you have to school for a bunch of different things because you're right. not sure what'll be on it. But, I mean, the, the normal, like, walk over bridge and all that. You, mm-hmm. Everybody the can gate. understand oh, that. The mailbox. The yes. Mailbox, yep. But there's, like, things I'd never seen. Like, I'd never seen the water box, which oh, is. Yeah. What do you have to do with that? Walk through it walk very through quietly it, and carefully with their head down and sniffing it, not drinking it. But it's a usually three foot by three foot or four by four box that's 12 inches high Mm -hmm. that's got usually a black bottom so you can't see the bottom and then a floating piece of wood in it that's usually painted black or random colors because that's also interesting it'd be polka dots with holes drilled in it so when they step on it the water gooshes out like eight inches high like up to their knees. Okay, I see what you're goes, saying now with the horse torture. Thing. Yeah, I was. Like, I went to a clinic uh, that they had at Masters and Station. It was the first time I'd really thought about taking him to anywhere that had trail stuff because right. we just tried to do the riding part. And I was like, oh boy, we are way behind. Because what is that? Are you, wait, he's supposed to put his feet in that? Are you yeah. kidding me? Like I keep telling him to put his feet out of stuff like that. <laughs> now, okay, all right, we're working on it. They have a box. It's a very long. It's probably three feet wide by 12 feet long, full, and it's eight inches deep, probably, yeah. full of empty plastic bottles. So it's like, crush, crush, like it makes this weird noise. It's a little slip. They have to like just march down through it. No big deal. Wow. There's a balance beam that's 18 inches high, 12 inch, 
Wait. Sorry. It's 12 inches high, 18 inches wide, mm-hmm. and 12 foot long, which is a very narrow thing. Yeah. But now, like, I realize all the police horses do it. True. And they're Belgians and yeah. Shires. So but I was like, there's no, there's no way. I can barely walk down this. And he's like, I got you. Which we never made it. That wasn't in the competition, but I wish it would have been. Although yeah. we barely got over the bridge because there were shadows on it. And he was like, whoa, dude. We never talked about shadows. I was I'm like, really? Into a black hole really? And never come, come out. Yeah. You can do the other stuff and you can't handle shadows. Oh my God, you're such a dork. So, so getting a little the winter off because you're here. He stayed in Kentucky. What's up for this coming spring? I'm going to hit the ground. We, so we got him out of the Sigafu shoes, oh, finally, good. into nail-ons, which is so awesome. And that's why he stayed, is because um, Victor wanted to keep focusing on trying to get him into nails. And in the winter, it's easier. He's not working. It stays usually softer in the ground and all that. So yeah. hopefully, knock on wood, he can stay in them. And he's been sound the whole summer, with, or I'm sorry, the whole winter with those on. So... If uh, I can hit the ground run in the spring, I'm just going to start him doing hunters like normal. Cool. Yeah. Yay. And I mean, I don't think he'll be a hunter, but he has a push ride that kicks at your legs. So if I do do the hunters, it's going to be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My horse, there's no way I could do hunters with him. He's so like on the muscle. I'm just like, oh my God. Whoa. Um, but uh, so I want to get to the rapid fire questions. Yeah. Ooh, exciting. What's his favorite treat? Mm, it's got to be peppermints. Okay. All day long. All day. The, the crinkly wrapper, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's, he's on guy. it. Yeah. If he was, let's say he was a human, mm. what would his drink of choice be? Ooh, I think he's a whiskey dude. Straight yeah. Up, no I, ice. Like, yeah. I thought that yeah. too. Yeah. No straight drinks for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what brand do you think? Mm. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if it... I, I mean, I love Blanton's, so I'm just going to choose that. But I think that's what? actually bourbon, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Th- that's fine. I'm just going to say Blanton's because it's got a racehorse on it. Like, yeah, like, it fits the bill. Okay. Uh, what would his theme song be? Hmm. Theme song. Um, school's out for the summer. <laughs> yes. <that laughs> I think sense. that would be kind of his That's idea. great. Um, okay. What's his favorite thing to do? Let's see. I think right now, unfortunately, it doesn't involve me, and it's hanging out with Casanova, his little pony. So Are you feeling jaded by I this? I am. I'm, like, very jealous. I'm like, so I leave town, and now you don't remember me? Yeah. It's like, oh, all right, I see how you are. Um, yeah, he loves he loves just going out on trail and exploring things. He really yeah. digs it. And yeah. he can get scared of stuff, but then to be able to sort it out. Like, we, I always try to put him in weird, scary situations, and he seems to, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I don't like know how. In it. Yeah, I don't know how he'll take to like monotonous cantering circles and tracks on jumps. But we we did a little of that. And hopefully, it's not too boring. But um, yeah, he just likes to go out and explore stuff. What's his least favorite thing to do? Ooh, depending on the day, anything I ask him to do. <laughs> it just depends, depends on his day. brain. I would say getting his like getting shod. Yeah. It's just, he has to stand still. It's very frustrating to just stand there and be good. Yeah. And so many years, like, the glue-on shoes. It takes forever. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to make a shirt one time that said, like, how many people trapped in the stall? Like, seven. (laughs) How many blacksmiths made cry? 
12. How many horses kicked? Like three. Like all these. Just how have like a tally on the shirt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we would just list off. And how many vets? Like, like we used to have to catch He's him way salt. before the vet yeah. would like get into the barn because otherwise it was over. He knew. <laughs> yes. So he just likes to be cantankerous. Yeah. Um, okay. What has been the biggest lesson that he's taught you or that, you know, the biggest thing that you've taken away from working with him all these years? It was major, major patience because, uh, if, uh, I had asked him to do something and hadn't, (laughs) sorry, if I'd asked him to do something and he was working through his list of what that meant and you asked for it again, just because you're like, I'm asking you, you should pay attention to what I'm asking. Well, recognizing that he was, he already had recognized that I had asked him to do something. He was like literally going through his list trying to figure out what that was. So if you ask harder or with more, then of course he's going to be mad and frustrated and like didn't learn what you were asking because you didn't have the patience to just wait for him to get to the bottom of his list, however long that took. And that was a really hard thing for me to get to because, you know, we don't really, I think if I hadn't done hunter jumper stuff, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. have had that in my brain because I guess... We don't really have to worry about that on the racetrack, having a horse not go forward. It's very, it happens. And when you get them, it's very challenging. It's a project. Mm -hmm. A big project. But he, he taught me that just like, as he was sorting it out, he would, you could really tell he was trying to like figure out what that meant. And then if I gave him enough time and he did it, it was half the time the next time. Just normal training stuff, but it was just that patience to wait and not ask him again just keep it and just wait don't make it it doesn't have to be immediate you want it to be immediate and it will eventually be immediate but right now it's going to take like 30 seconds and how rewarding has it been for you to have a horse like him and accomplish everything that you guys have accomplished together reward you for that patience that came in the beginning it it's so incredible because as you know, we all have horses like this in our lives that say no constantly and don't get, they just don't get the normal training schedule and you have to go through this and they're like, can't break their maiden or something, you know? Like to be able to go through it and then have him be the horse he was, it just made that part of it so much more exciting and fulfilling because, and I'm not saying I wouldn't want a really easy one that does what he did, yeah. but... It did mean more, I think, in the long run, because, God, you really had to put a lot of mental and physical investment in it, and then, yeah, I mean, he totally just paid it back in spades. Well, and look, we get to still have him, so it's so cool. It's <laughs> such a fairy tale story, and thank you for sharing yeah, him absolutely. with us, and keep those updates coming, and he's truly one-of-a-kind horse that yeah. captured the imagination of so many fans and it is. I'm really I honored to have you on the oh, show. Oh, I love it. I've <laughs> admired you for years. So. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of Off Track. And boy, what a special one it was to feature the champion 
Whitmore was truly an honor for me. And I was remiss not to mention at the top of that interview that we were actually in the barn named Whitmore at Oaklawn Park. He was such a special horse on the racetrack. Personally, I got to watch him up at Saratoga. Laura shipped into Belmont into my husband Tom's barn, got to see him there. And I didn't even realize how much of a quote-unquote problem child he was when he first came to the track. So it's a testament to Laura and her horsemanship that got him to where he was as a racehorse and now as an off-track thoroughbred and how she literally got inside of his head and listened to him. Definitely channeling some horse girl envy towards Laura and what she was able to accomplish with him. And it just goes to show that horses can be champions, millionaires on the racetrack, or they may have not even gotten to the starting gate. And you can get them off the track, and if you listen to them, they'll tell you what they want to do. And I think Whitmore and Laura's story is the perfect example of that. And for those horses that can't go on to second careers, that's where the TRF comes in, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation. So... They are big supporters of the show, and that's why we pay it back to them. So if you could please check out trfinc.org slash off track to help them out, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks.